What's going on, moms and dads? Welcome to another episode in our NFL preview series where we go division by division and try to identify the fadeable narratives, the ride teams, the fade teams, whatever else the dads are feeling heading into the 2022 NFL season. Whether you are listening or watching, make sure you're following our Twitter at FadeU Sports. Make sure you're also subscribed to our YouTube page, our TikTok, and the podcast, and all those links can be found on our pinned tweet, which again is at Fade U Sports on the Twitter. Today we are previewing the AFC West. This is the eighth and final of our division previews. So if you miss any of the other ones, those episodes can be found either on YouTube, on video form, or in podcast form if you go back and view all episodes. So last one, boys, the AFC West, we saved uh, literally probably the best for last. Last season, the AFC West was uh, pretty interesting. The Chiefs ended up pulling it out again, 12-5. and five. The Raiders were the surprise playoff team at 10-7. and seven. Chargers, 9-8. and eight. Broncos, 7-10. and 10. Uh, But they obviously have a quarterback change. So 2022 win totals. I think if you were to add up these four win totals, it might be one of the highest in NFL history. Chiefs, 10.5. A little bit of overjuice, I believe. Uh, Chargers, 10. Broncos, 10. I've seen 10 and a halfs on those at some places with various juice. So they're all kind of in the same range. And then you have the Raiders who won 10 games last season at eight and a half. Very interesting. I don't even know where to start because any of these teams could win this division for various reasons. Um, Kmart, where would you like to start? We might as well start with the chiefs. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so I don't know. It's tough. Like you guys have them at twelve and a half wins for the win total. Ten, I, I ten think it's ten and a half. half. Yeah, it's half. actually. Oh, did that drop? I swear, when I looked, I had I saw twelve. I don't think it's been that high. I don't, I'm not sure how this has been bet over yeah. the summer, though. But okay. I mean, the noise has been. Maybe they're going to fall off a little bit. Like the uh, the rest of the division has gotten better. The Chiefs, because of being good for so long, are facing cap issues and had to let Tyreek Hill go. And Kelsey's a year older. And Mahomes was a uh, low yards per attempt last year because of the way they were being defended. So yeah, I, I think mean, people it's... are looking for reasons to be down on the Chiefs, but I don't know if it's justified. So curious yeah, what you I... guys think. I mean, when you have Mahomes back there, like I don't know if you can count him out because, I mean, he hasn't had the best offensive line. They haven't had the best defense in some of those runs. But when you look at the losses of Hill, Matthew, Melvin Ingram, uh, Ward to the Niners, and, you know, a couple of other guys, it's not like they really replace it with much. You got Justin Reed, Juju, who's had his own. Injury issues, Valdez Scantling, Ronald Jones. So it's, you know, I think the highest praise is really Sky Moore. Is he going to be the replacement of Hill? I mean, not, probably not as a rookie. So, I mean, I'm kind of glad you, it is 10 and a half because 12 and a half was like, man, I'm going to have to play this under. But that's still scary with Mahomes back there. But 
I mean, they're still going to be good. I mean, ten and a half. Shoot, man, I'll probably play that over. Um, that I, I, I just can't see this team faltering off, you know, that much unless Mahomes, you know, gets injured. And I would, and I would chime in to say, like, I think the Tyreek Hill thing, right? The narrative of the Chiefs is right. Tyreek Hill's gone. What's Patrick Mahomes going to do? If Patrick Mahomes was entering his third season in the NFL, then it's big news. I, I feel right. This guy's entering like his fifth full season after sitting behind Alex Smith for a year. Like this is not a rook. This is not a rookie that's been reliant. Like, has he been reliant? Has he had the continuity of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill his whole career? Yes. But this is a guy who, right. Is it crazy to say that like, this is a guy that's figured out the NFL, right? Can he figure out how to play football without this? I would lead that he's good. He can he has Andy Reid. There's continuity, you know, there and what Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey still, you know, being his number one guy and almost, you know, an unguardable force. Like at ten and a half, I still think that this is the team that's the they are the class of the division. I can't wait, and I'm hoping we get to see a Buffalo Bills KC rematch in the postseason. Like to me, has everyone gotten better? Yes. Is there question marks around every other team in the division? Certainly, including the Chiefs. But I still feel that this is the class, uh, you know, of the West. And I would still be picking, you know, I don't know if Kmart picked to start with KC because he thought he'd start with, you know, who he thought was going to be on top. But I certainly think that they are going to yeah. end up being the, the top and they'll remain on top. Well, the, the crazy stat I'm looking at, you know, I wish Joe was here, but all four teams last year were eight and nine against the spread tied for 17th. Like that's, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Neil, I, I agree. I mean, it's not to sound so square, but 10 and a half, I think once we get off this, off this spot, I'm going to book that because <laughs> that's, that's a, if that's an L I'm, I'm fine with that. I think one thing Joe would say if he's on here is that the Chiefs do play a pretty tough schedule. Before the bye, they play two teams from the NFC West, Arizona and San Francisco, two playoff teams from last season. They play the Chargers and Raiders in their division, and then they're out of the the rest are Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, Buffalo. So they play – six playoff teams from last season before their week eight bye, and the one non-playoff team they play. Well, I guess the Colts didn't make the playoffs, but the other non-playoff team they play is the Chargers. Colts are the Chargers, right? Yeah. So teams that are projected yeah, that is... to definitely, that's a, that's a gauntlet. Yeah, that's right a gauntlet. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So we're going to find out a lot about this team. And Neil, I think you kind of nailed it that the public is kind of looking for reasons to, not back them and they are perceiving the improvement of the other three teams in the division. And I mean, maybe they truly have, but you can't forget about these guys. I think the continuity is a great point. How much do you trust Andy Reed? Um, they're going to be very heavily bet week one at Arizona. I think the books are dangling a little minus three there. Um, absolutely will be fascinating. Where do we want to go next? I mean, you could go, I mean, Honestly, this is the you one division it, where I can see 
any team. Neil, pick one of the other three. So had you started, I would have said, and like to Matt's point, we started with we did we did we save the best for last as this was the best division in the NFL, or was this the one that none of us wanted to do because none of us really know what the fuck's going to happen in this division, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I I almost feel like we put this one on the back burner, like because like does anyone have a great feeling? I don't have a great feeling. So, but let I, if I'm gonna start for no real reasons, let's start with I'll go with Raiders, right? So, again, whole whirlwind. They make the playoffs. They were through, like, some of the craziest shit you can go through last season. White between Ruggs and Gruden and just, like, a complete dumpster fire. Last two seasons, really. Right, you could say last two seasons. I mean, you could probably go back to the last decade, right, (laughs) Kmart? Like, that this this team's been, like, a dumpster fire being in Oakland and – moving out and everything that's happened but right they have had just this steady being of Derek Carr like I don't think people give Derek Carr enough credit as a human being and what he brings to an organization just as being like a responsible adult within an organization like of children um they're right he's like the Kmart of the pod right um but they're at eight and eight and a half, right? It's juiced to the over, sure, but it's like I don't think that they're getting they're getting enough credit for you know. And I'm not talking about just bringing back Devonte Adams, but you've brought in an adult coach, right? To a like, I think it's really funny you bring in like the Belichickian type coach to the most degenerate city, you know, in the world, arguably. And what is he going to be able to do there? Like, I think just bringing in some grownups into the building, right? You bring in Devonte Adams, stand up human being, right? You already have car, you bring in McDaniels. Like I think the, or the, the Raiders as an organization have done a lot just as a, as a program to just install some responsibility. Like, and I don't think they're getting enough credit. Certainly they, you know, they beat the chargers last year when they needed to, right? They made the playoffs. They bringing back, I mean, to have Renfro and Adams and Waller as your pass catchers, like that's phenomenal. And if you kind of like take a playbook out of, you know, from Russell Wilson, if you just let Carr cook a little bit, we've never seen like Carr just like gloves off, you know, and see what he's capable of doing this year. So I'm interested to see like with all these weapons, do they let Carr and, you know, certainly a seasoned vet, do they let Carr just go out there and go be with McDaniels and have that sort of, you know, Tom Brady's old offensive coordinator and McDaniels just kind of like, let's go and let's see what happens. Like, I'm really excited for this Oakland Raiders team just to see what they look like. I think at eight and a half, they're not getting the credit that, that they deserve. I get the, you know, the conference that they play in, but I like the Raiders to go over, you know, this year. I don't think they're, they're getting respected enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you mentioned it. their biggest offensive upgrade is obviously Devontae Adams defense. Kind of expiring Chandler Jones, Rocky Asin, and Bilal Nichols. But I think the defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, you know, that's, I think that's the side of the ball where, you know, they're going to take a next step, you know, offensively. Can Jacob stay healthy, run the ball, free up Devontae? I don't really think you need to free him up. He can catch anything in a 10 mile radius. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, eight and a half based off 10 wins last season. I definitely feel they've improved. 
but it, it's just you know every every it's a broken record everything comes down to injuries which one of these four teams is going to be able to withstand that and you know to me the best you know we've all heard the moniker you know the best offense is a good defense but the best defense is also a good offense you can similar to tonight's game you know just get chunk plays five yards here five yards there take what the defense gives you long drives let the defense rest so they go kind of go both hand in hand so that's where i think this division is going to set up and which team can really dink and dunk play sound and i mean it's a toss-up but yeah raiders eight and a half if you're looking to truly just bet it uh, i might have to agree with you neil you know just you know nine wins why not with that, with 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 Adams and and Carr, why not? And don't forget, like there is no that like I would think that like Josh McDaniels' dream wide receiver for some to go coach is Hunter Renfro. He's been coaching Hunter Renfro's. He's been making guys like Hunter Renfro, yeah, Pro Bowlers with between Welker and, and Edelman. Renfro is also career. underrated. I mean, and he's he was, super underrated. You're right. He's super underrated. I don't and even respect the, the guy. And I look coach. at his numbers, and it's like. Okay. Okay. I see you. Yeah. So I, I just think all the three of these guys in that, in that system with McDaniels, it's scary. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit because you have to, you have to, You're the host. one thing you guys didn't talk about, Neil, you talked about all the, the shit that they went through last year. The flip side of that is they actually caught a ton of breaks. I think that team won four overtime games. I think they got the one of those was in Cleveland where like Nick Mullins had to start because of a COVID issue or something like that. So I know they they had a lot of one score overtime games bounce their way. So yeah, even though they did win 10 games, there are probably a couple bounces from being seven and ten and not making the playoffs at all. And it's no secret the Raiders have whiffed on a ton of first round picks under the old group that's no longer there. And while maybe the top of the roster improved with Devonte, and maybe the coaching is improved, you know, at some point the bill comes due. And if you're not replenishing your team with quality draft picks, your depth is going to get tested. Like Kyle, you mentioned Chandler Jones on the defense. I'm hearing a lot of people say the secondary is going to be just atrocious and they're going to just be hemorrhaging points. So maybe this is an over team um, in terms of totals, like maybe the offense is humming, but the defense can't stop anybody, especially these division games. Curious. I mean, I don't know if the books are going to be able to set the total high enough when it's Chiefs Raiders, Chargers Raiders. We shall see. Uh, so there's definitely a whole bunch of ways you can look at this Raiders team. It's like, okay, do some of those bounces not go their way and they regress and somebody has to finish last place or do they just improve across the board and justify them winning 10 games last season and just repeat that? It, it could honestly go either way. Yeah. No, I mean, it could. Yeah. Wild team. Um, that's, they're going to be a ton of fun too. Cause I mean, we talked about it with the chiefs, but this division plays the NFC West. So you're going to get a ton of good games between the Niners and the Raiders on new year's Eve, right? Like that's going to be a ton of fun in Las Vegas. You're going to get the Rams and the Raiders and kind of see what that looks like. So really, really fun year here out West. Why don't we do the, um, 
Well, I don't know. Kyle, you want to do donkeys next, or do you want to do those? Let's do the donkeys. All right, let's do the donkeys. All right, so obviously they got a quarterback. That's pretty cool. Finally. You know, <laughs> um, I don't think we need to mention his name. We all know who he is. But, you know, they did a lot of things, you know, in the offseason through the draft, through free agency, DJ Jones. Going to miss him. Talking about depth. That's a guy you want on your defensive line. Randy Gregory, Quan Williams, nickel corner, and also Tom Compton. You know, they're just taking all the Niners. And, you know, why not? They're well coached. They play sound. And the Broncos, you know, to me, I, I, I man, it's, it's crazy because, like, as hard as I want to get on the Broncos, I just keep looking at these teams and it's like, man, with the Chargers, the Chiefs, who's going to falter? Who, you know, you have four stud quarterbacks in this league, the division, and, I mean, it's it's so tough to really predict. But I, I'm pretty high on the Broncos. I'm not, I'm not a Broncos fan, but, I mean – being a Niners fan, we've seen Russell Wilson for, I don't know, Matt, what's it been? 10? Is it already 10 years? 11 years? Whoa. Just way too long. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, thank God he's in the AFC. Like, yeah. So, so I mean, that's nice. Him, so. We do. We yeah. do. I can't, I can't wait. Hey, at least it's in his first year when he's still hopefully uh, trying to, trying to figure out that altitude. But yeah, I mean, this team, this team's loaded offensively defensively i mean their receivers i know they lost um what's his tim name patrick. the acl tim patrick mm-hmm. but you know kj hamler you know you want to talk about another quick guy he's obviously recovering from a knee, in- knee injury as well but i think you know people have forgot about him this third year in the league he can get a lot done as well <laughs> sutton obviously and, you know, obviously they have Jerry Judy. So offensively, they're going to score. Defensively, I, I think they're pretty sound as well. And, they, uh, I mean, Matt, after you said what you said about the Chiefs, I mean, it gets it, it makes me even higher on this Broncos team. And Kyle mentioned, and I think to me the big question mark is, right, <clears throat> we think that the Denver Broncos have – three stud wide receivers, right? Because we've sort of just been told that they have three. We don't really know because they've never worked with a quarterback like Russell Wilson. To me, that's the biggest question mark around that around this team is we think that Hamler and Judy and Sutton, yes, Patrick sucks that he went down. We think that those guys are all solid and above average wide receivers, but I don't think anyone thinks that necessarily, or at least they haven't shown like, are they a Metcalf? Are they a Lockett? Are they some of the pass catchers that that uh, Wilson's used to throwing to? So to me, that's the biggest question: is are these guys legit, real NFL wide receivers? Because if they are, then this is a very scary team. You know, with having again, you've got a Melvin Gordon in the background. You've got Javante Williams, which is uh, you know being touted as like. How did I forget to mention him? Yeah, the next, I mean, he's being touted as like I'll the next, him. the next coming yeah. of of running backs, and I mean, I don't know Still what no we really Jonathan Taylor. 
right that's the thing i don't know he's like he's being projected as it is but we haven't seen in to me anything that really suggests that he's going to be but it again completely different dynamic when you put when you exchange teddy bridgewater for a russell wilson of just what that offense can be so to me it's not russell wilson it's it's all are all the pieces and then again who knows what this coaching staff is going to be able to do with them right the biggest question mark right uh in within the division, at least, they certainly, I think, have the biggest question mark as far as coaching is this is a brand new coaching staff that's never done anything as a, in a head coaching role. Um, can everything get and meld and gel together? Um, again, better situation because, again, we're talking about like, you know, as far as experience in the NFL, Russell has more than just about anybody um, almost in the whole league, you know, of anyone not named Rodgers and Brady, but can he meld everything together? And what do these offensive pieces look like when you have a very competent quarterback to me is the biggest question of that team. Cause that's been, un- that's been unanswered so far. So three bets I have on the Broncos. I did bet them to win the Super Bowl when it, when I thought they were going to get Rogers. So got them at 20 to one and then they had to settle for Russell Wilson, which still works. And, are they going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not. But if all of are they going to play actually, the Niners? I don't know, man. That would be a lot of fun. Um, if it does all come together, they have an incredibly high ceiling. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, that's a good number on that team, I think. And two really fun ones. You guys started talking about Javante Williams and what he did last year when he did get the ball with some really shitty quarterback play it was pretty eye opening. And, you know, you look at some of these season-long props, like lead the league in rushing yards. I mean, if you simulate the season 100 times, Jonathan Taylor probably gets it most of those times because he is the best running back in the league. But if it's not the same guy two years in a row, or if he has some kind of injury, and if Melvin Gordon is more of just an insurance policy and not a timeshare member, I mean, Javante Williams is really, really fucking talented. I think 16 to one for him to lead the league in rushing is not crazy. And if you really want to get silly and you really project him to break out, you could go Javante Williams offensive player of the year at 55 Ooh. to one. I, I like they, the kid. I've, yeah. I've almost traded Jonathan Taylor for Javante Williams in another piece in our dynasty league. Like I'm very high on Javante. I mean, we've seen, Running backs in Russell Wilson offenses, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carson, have very, very good years. And I think Denver's O-line is probably average-ish. But if all this does come together and they're really good and their offense is humming, then I don't think those are crazy. You look at some of these other guys for league leader in rushing, it's a lot of guys. It's Jonathan Taylor is the obvious candidate, but it's a lot of other guys with a lot of mileage. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. Nick Chubb, those guys have all, they're all 27, 28. And one Seems of these, so young. A, a young guy always breaks out. Right. So I don't know. I don't think that's crazy. If you do like the Broncos offense to really find a groove, um, that could be a fun way to look at that. So yeah. let's, so let's I'm gonna, do that. I'm going to play devil's yeah. advocate real quick on you guys. So did you know, oh. so last year, Melvin Gordon, Javante Adams, the exact same amount of carries. Yeah. Right, two hundred and three exactly for each of them. Melvin Gordon outrushed him by fifteen yards. 
Yeah, nine, I mean, Nikita, everything I said, Melvin Gordon has to go away. I mean, they brought Melvin him back Gordon. on a one-year deal yeah. after nobody signed him. I think the dude's almost 30. If you're making those Javante Williams bets, you're banking on them, just bring it back Melvin as an insurance policy, right? And you're expecting them to hand the keys over to the really talented young dude. But that may not happen. It might be a 50-50 split again, and and then his ceiling is clearly capped. So who knows? Now, one thing I do know is that the biggest underachiever in the NFL in my probably football fandom has been the Chargers, whether it's Drew, I mean, Drew Brees at the end of his run there, Phillip Rivers for his entire run there. And I don't know if this franchise is even capable of putting it all together. Does anybody want to make the case that they do? I mean, it's easy to make the case that they do this year. That's if you just want to make the case. I mean, that's that might be the easiest of of this whole division so far is you want to talk about continuity. They bring everything back right from a coaching staff. It can be very questionable, but from coaching staff to the quarterback, to the wife, right. For better, for worse, it's Staley's your guy, but from, you know, bringing back every wide receiver, you know, hopefully maybe fixing your defense. Um, Well, they did like their interior line. They, have Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and then they did trade for Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack so I mean, right? if, if so. you like, if you look at anything, all these teams have done except for really one, they've like really solidified their defense. I mean, the Chargers even have J.C. Jackson. Like, yeah. they did. Money, they probably did the yeah. most defensively because offensively, they can put up points problem. with yeah. all the other teams. So I mean. <sighs> this division is probably as much of a coin flip as you can get, but you know, are, are they still going to be that laughing stock? Like it's just, Oh, it's the chargers. Are they cursed? You know, they, they even last year, the, some of the same shit was still happening. Mm-hmm. You know, new regime, new everything. Is it Staley's turn now? It's just, I, I you know, now that they're in LA, Definitely no way in hell a Rams fan. So if I'm going to cheer for one, it's going to be the Chargers. It's like, can you guys like do something, you know, get some more fans in there. So I, I, I hope, I hope they can, you know, keep it together, stay healthy. Cause on paper, they, I mean, they're going to contend. This division is, is going to be so much fun to watch. You know, they, they really tick a lot of boxes profiling teams that have made Super Bowl runs where you have a really good quarterback on a rookie deal. So you get to just pour your money in everywhere else, getting Khalil Mack, signing JC Jackson, just literally adding everywhere else. And I mean, it's almost a little like that Eagles team that had Carson Wentz where they're just, they're stacked on defense. Like, I mean, big names and you 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 mentioned Joey Bosa's name, like that guy's still there. And, so they're and they got great skill position players. It's just does yeah. it all come together? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd honestly say on paper, they and the Broncos are probably the best teams. But how do you go against Mahomes and Reed? And then you know the Raiders are still there, and it, 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 this division it's just wacky. I mean, you There's could a- probably like it's just weird. Like, do you play the under on all four? 
or the over on all four, or do you just flip a coin and take the over on two of them? It's it's going to be fun. Like it's going to be chaotic. Yeah, we should probably I, avoid it in the contest. And I think it's to Kyle's point. Contest, yes. I think after a few games, we will learn a lot about this team. Like Kyle said, on paper, the two best teams, I w- and I would tend to agree, are going to be the Chargers and the Broncos on paper. But they are the two that have the in my uh, have the biggest coaching question marks within the division, right? I know McDaniel's is new to the Raiders, but I still trust him more than I do Staley at this point. I think it'll be really interesting to see, you know, does Staley review some of his tactics from last year and said, okay, it's the first half. Like we can, we can settle for three points. Sometimes it's, it's okay. We can give up the ball in the first half. We don't have to, you know, be so reckless or does he continue, you know, his, his, his trend of what he had last year being, you know, sort of the, the anti establishment of the of NFL coaching. Right. I think Kyle's point is very well taken. It's like the two teams on paper, if coaching wasn't an issue, the two teams you trust the most are the chargers and the Broncos, but coaching, we all know in NFL coaching plays a big part of it. And the two coaching staffs I trust most in this division are the Chiefs and the Raiders, who on paper, they're not far behind the other two, I would say, but that's why well, it, do, it does. Do. And I think this leads itself to be, to be, you know, a more like week seven, make your pick, you know, to who's going to win the division based off of what you've seen so far and who's kind of, you know, coming together. Like do players win games or do schemes? Like a player can obviously go absolute mamba mentality and win a game for you, but it's usually going to be schemes. And like that to my point an hour ago, that's why the Chiefs have been so successful because they can scheme it up. Well, the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs, right? The Chiefs. There was no scheming in Chiefs Buffalo, right? That game, that game last year was just go, right? That that game wasn't a scheme game. I, in generally, like over this, you know, the course of a season. Right, Kyle, it's it's schemes. It is. It's much more coaching related. That's why you've seen, you know, the Patriots have subpar talent and, you know, hit their win totals almost every single year, you know, because their coaching is superior and it's proven to be. So I'm with you. And I think that schemes mean a lot, you know, until you get to the playoffs. But that's what leads me. And I, I guess it, going back, I've said I like the Chiefs over. I like the Raiders over. Couldn't say that I like Denver and the Chargers over, though I agree on paper they have the best two talent talent wise, they have the best two two teams. So that's I would lean similar to what you said. Somebody's gonna finish last in this division and no one knows who it's gonna be. It's crazy. Let's get out of here with this because this one's running a little long. Tell me if you guys agree with this. If you're gonna bet these division games when they play you've got to have some on the money line because I feel like a lot of these games are going to just come down to who's got the ball last and you're going to have a one possession game. And I mean, I really think there's not a lot separating these four teams. So like week one, when you've got, if you're taking the Raiders catching three and a half or four at the chargers, you've got to put some on the money line there too. I think these dogs will all be live. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, but like if I usually if I'm taking a short dog like that, I'm just playing on the money line anyway. Like if I think they're going to c- 
cover and I'm going to win three, three and a half. I usually just say, keep your juice. I'm, I'm just going to take the money line. And of course I lose, you know, some, and it's like, Oh, I should have taken, taken the points, but it's more fun. I, I guess I would just say, I think more so this, these teams are probably closer than most would expect. And so I think these more so than others, I, I get what you're saying, Kyle. Yeah. You can, certainly find a way to do yeah. that and, and hit money line dogs. But when, especially when these, these guys match up, Neil, do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I do. I, I think these games, if you're thinking that you like the dog, I don't think, you know, I think taking the money line is the absolute right way to go. Even and I, to your point, the week one game Raiders going to chargers, there's no home field advantage for the chargers going to LA. We saw that last, you know, we saw that last year. Um, We've talked about it on a pod. We talked about it, and oh, it yeah. not just yeah. And I don't think we haven't it, not just with the Chargers, right? We talked about it with the Niner, with Niners Rams last year too, right? Like, didn't Joe go to that game and he said it felt like it could have been very well been a Niner home game for all he knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hundred percent, I think you take a look at money lines and you just take the winner if you're if you're liking a dog. They're too they're too close to call. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to our AFC West preview. Check out all the other previews. We will be uh, back tomorrow or Tuesday. We will be previewing week one, and uh, it's uh, we are just days away from NFL season kicking off. We're ready. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Fade You.